Americans need to be courageous. They need to stand with people like you. I mean, they need to be courageous. I'm sorry to say this, but with this information they are getting about the deep chat in the deep state, why are they not responding? They should stop being cowards. You know, what's going on with the church and this sort of crackdown on uh, the traditional mass all over the place? It's not only affecting the churches in the West. I wanted to show you a glimpse of what's happening in Africa. In Africa, there are a few traditional masses, but they're few and far between. They really don't have much of tradition in Africa. When it's tried, it's usually resisted. And this has been a real difficulty for all those who struggle and want it. Now, there is a seminarian, then priest, who during seminary was introduced to the Latin Mass, actually by books by uh, Michael Davis sent to him, and requested permission to go uh, as a priest once I think he was in his sabbatical year to try and go and learn the traditional Mass. Anyway, he did learn it eventually on his own sabbatical and came back and asked the bishop if he could celebrate the traditional Mass for uh, people there in Nigeria. And uh, basically, he was forbidden. He was trying to celebrate the Novus Ordo Mass in a most conservative way possible and so on. But there was resistance there too, and he felt called to enter tradition, especially since, you know, Pope Benedict had allowed for it already in 2007 with Samorum Pontificum. These situations are tragic, and they're not only in America or Canada or Europe. They're also in Africa. So there's a hunger, a hunger for the traditional mass in Africa. And believe it or not, they've got, they've set up, they can only do their own private masses, but there are people flocking to seminaries that they've started to teach the traditional mass and even convents. It's unbelievable, but you're going to see how it is. This is Father Abba Samuel, who have up next on the John Henry Weston Show. Stay tuned. Take a look at this. This is Cardinal Burke talking in 2017 about demonic forces entering the church at that time in 2017. Hard to believe that so long ago. This was given at Rome Life Forum, a conference that LifeSite has been running since 2014, actually. Do you know that we're running another one this year, October 31st and November 1st? That is right at the end of this horrific Synod on Synodality. October 31st, November 1st, 2023. Come join us in Rome. Go to romelifeforum.com for more information. Watch Cardinal Burke give this snippet on demonic forces entering into the Vatican from his talk at Rome Life Forum in 2017. It seems clear from the most respected studies of the apparitions of Our Lady of Fatima that it has to do with the diabolical forces unleashed upon the world in our time and entering into the very life of the church. For the recovery of peace will be a gift from heaven, but it is not properly speaking the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Her victory is of another order, supernatural, and then temporal by addition. It will first be the victory of the faith, which will put an end to the time of apostasy and the great shortcomings of the church's pastors. Father Abba Samuel, welcome to the program. Thank you. Let's begin as we always do with the sign of the cross. Father, if you could lead us, please. 
from the Padres at Philly, Espiritu Santi. Amen. So good to be with you. First of all, tell us a little bit about something about yourself. Um, where are you from and, uh, and what are you doing? I was ordained in 2003, October 25th. I was born in 1976, November 5th. I'm a priest of Otoko Diocese in Benue State of Nigeria. This year, we mark my 20th year in the Catholic priesthood. Currently, I'm a traditional Catholic priest, keeping traditional Catholic faith and morals, and I'm the rector of the sons and the sisters of the Sacred and Immaculate Hearts um, congregation in Nigeria, trying to uphold our Catholic faith and morals in this state of the deep church and the deep state. It has come down to us now, and we need to respond as a remnant group. So that's the brief I can start myself for now. Currently, we have 22 seminarians, and we have 19 ladies or sisters trying to try out the vocation in the Catholic tradition. Now, it's funny that you mentioned that the deep church is there and the deep state is there, because it's from our side of the of the world, it's a very different picture. When we go to Africa, when I, I was just in, uh, just late last year, it was in Kenya and Uganda, I was stunned by how faithful the bishops are on the life and family issues. Whereas so many of our bishops, particularly on the issue of homosexuality, are unfaithful, are just giving in on it, are not willing to talk about it, not willing to preach the truth on it. Your bishops in Africa were all about preaching the truth. Now, South Africa is a different story, but all of the, you know, regular Africa is solid. The, the whole church preaches the truth on life and family. It is not talked about. It is a taboo. And so um, it's not an issue for our people down here, unfortunately. Um, but there are vestiges of it already trying to take hold. So... We have people now, the youths are trying to explore because of the internet. They had to explore such means and we have visitors of this already happening, but still, it is still need to the board because it's a taboo. So those who practice it, they practice it, they are there, but in serious hiding. But with the Western world influencing almost everything now, they are beginning to gain grants in some quarters. So we have sections of those people operating in, in schools, boarding schools, and they are there in the seminary. They are also there in the convents, and, but they are still hidden. So it is already coming up. And the bishops are very, very strong on it, but they, are not, they have not really put their feet down to say, okay, it is happening. So, but they have vessels of faith and direct expulsion is given to those who practice such things or are involved in such things, but it's there. One of the interesting things about Africa that I noticed anyway, is that among these churches, which are oh so faithful on life and family issues, the liturgy is somewhat impoverished. It's, it's very cultural, it's, so it uses a lot of the cultural expression, which might be used in all sorts of ways during prayer. But the understanding of the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass is it's just that, a Holy Sacrifice. And that's why the whole traditional Mass movement sort of retained 
what it should be. We're present at the sacrifice of Jesus. And so that was sort of, you know, apart from a kind of periods of worship or prayer where you could have all sorts of cultural expression. The Mass, however, is the sacrifice of Calvary. So it was a different thing. If you can get into that a little bit, because that's only my experience, it's limited experience in Africa. Have you seen that as well? And what have you seen of tradition playing out in Africa? Africans were so fortunate. We did not really have a history of um, the traditional Catholic um, um, mass. You know, Paul VI only brought up the mass in 1969, that does the, the Novus Ordo Misa. And at that time, Africans were just coming out from African traditional religion. The early missionaries have established some places. Christianity was not up to 30 years or 50 years deeply in the roots in our places. So we don't really know much about the traditional Catholic mass. So any priest who comes up today to say he's for traditional Catholic mass is like, is in a dream's world. He's not moving with Rome. But we discovered that the people were able to maintain a conservative Catholicism that was based on the initial plan of the traditional Catholic spirituality and mass, which was taught to them by the early missionaries. So Catholics were distinguished from Protestants and they were known for their devotion to Our Lady. They were known for their kind of mass, you understand, believing that Christ is truly present, body and blood, soul and divinity. So, and for us in Nigeria here, the issue of communion in the hand never really was something to be practiced. It was still a taboo. It was unheard of that people should bring their hands and receive the sacred species. So when, yes, it was a taboo. You can't even try it. You know, so when Ebola came up in 2004, Ebola virus, they tried to introduce it, especially in Nigeria, but people kicked against it. Then with COVID-19 in 2020, it became an issue. And that's why some of us backed out that we cannot administer the Lord in the hands of people. If you must do that, then count us out. At this time, some of us are still knowing about the Catholic Mass. There are places in the country currently, the Fraternity of St. Peter and the SSPX, they're already having some places, and some of us who also learn from them. So people begin to know about the Catholic Mass and spirituality, and they started knowing that there was a mass that was a Catholic mass and that can be practiced officially with a church. And with modern pontificate coming up by Pope the 16th, many wanted to learn the mass, but the bishops clamored them on it because they said they don't have people who want to learn the mass. People are not interested in the mass. But that was not true. Because as more people have begun to know about this Mass and seeing what is happening to the Novus Ordo Misa, they felt that, okay, it is time for them to have this Mass. So there is a big disservice being done to the faithful in Nigeria. They want this Mass. They want to worship Christ in the way Christ and the church has instituted it from the time of the apostles. So it's, our, it's, it's, it's necessary for us to have this Mass given to our people. But the bishops are very, very clever on not propagating this particular liturgy 
that the people will want to, because we are generally very, very reverent when it comes to liturgy. And all these new things are bringing up in the Catholic Church, Catholics in Nigeria are not really used to it, and they don't really want it. But it is already coming. What is your experience with the Latin Mass? How did it develop for you? How did you learn about it? And uh, how did that go? I was in a seminary. I was a day in 2003, as I said earlier on. So in my theology too, they, some group of persons, I don't know where they came from. They were, I don't know how they did it, but they sent books all over major seminaries, probably some traditionalist activists. So we, I got to read for the first time um, Ottaveni Intervention, Ottaveni Intervention and Bachi. Then I also got to read the traditional Catholic um, by Michael Davis, Michael Davis. So they sent these books to our seminary as my well. first got. It was during Holy Week of 2020. But before they could do that, the bishop called me and said, please, I should stop celebrating Mass of the people publicly. So, and I recall back to my chapel, but the people still came. They came in large numbers to my chapel, small chapel in the rectory. 
So they started attending mass there. It was like that for almost two months. Then when the COVID-19 crisis subsided, and I went back to give the people the mass. And that is when many of them came to know the traditional Catholic mass, because I was the only mass I was waiting for them during that period. So in 2020, on the Feast of Our Lady, the Feast of Our Lady, the birthday of Our Lady, October 8th, that was when I had my last, my last Novus Odo Mass. Because I told the bishop, I want to, from henceforth, seeing that the, the control that they have over the Novus Odo Mass is too strong. And in the traditional Catholic Mass, it is very, very easy to do the right thing, to do the right thing, to do what our Lord wants. So I prayed to Our Lady. Our Lady now gave me the inspiration and said, this is the Mass from henceforth. So I told the bishop that this is the Mass I want to celebrate for the people from henceforth. And from that time to today, 2003, that's the Mass I've been celebrating. 2023, that's the Mass I want to give to the people if he, if he, if he will permit me. But currently, I don't have the permission to give to the people. So I'm like um, a vagus. What has become of your parishioners who were with you before? Lagos Archdiocese invited me. It's a bigger diocese than my diocese. My diocese is a smaller diocese in Nigeria. But Lagos Archdiocese is a metropolitan diocese, the former capital of Nigeria. So the faithful opted for the mass. And they asked that they, they would like me they told their bishop, their archbishop, Martins, Adewale Martins, they would like Father Samuel to come and help them with the mass. So the bishop called on the archbishop called on me, his grace, and asked me if I can come down and help with the traditional Catholic mass in his archdiocese. So I opted for that. I went to see him, but he told me, Father, would you give communion in the hand and still celebrate the traditional Catholic mass for the faithful who want it? I said to him, in conscience, I cannot administer the Lord on the palm. And he was not comfortable with that. So he said, Father, you cannot walk in my diocese. I said, thank you, your grace. I knelt down, received his blessing. I came back home, still insisted with my, ex, with, with my bishop that I would like to celebrate traditional Catholic Mass for the faithful. I almost wanted to resign from the priest, from the, from the, from the active ministry. But I was advised not to do that. So currently, my case is still being studied by the diocese, and we are hopeful that they will give me a hearing so that if I have the right to celebrate traditional Catholic Mass of the people, then fair and good. But if they don't want to give me, I still do what I feel I can do for the remnant church. You know that here on LifeSite, we love to tell amazing stories. There are a few so heroic and amazing as the story we're about to tell you that's coming soon. You gotta watch this. When I was in seminary, I was reading a book by Henry Nouwen. He talked about a nuclear man, you know, and people who grew up in the 1980s were kind of formed by that immediate and constant threat of nuclear annihilation. My generation has grown up, you know, under the specter of priestly sexual abuse. What say you, Mr. Foreperson? Is the defendant guilty or not guilty? I think that for many of us, that has also been all-encompassing. You know, I mean, I entered the seminary in January of 2004. It's basically been there for me from in the beginning. 
one priest's sacrifice for many priestly sins. The story of Father John Hollowell. Coming soon from LifeSite News. Is there type of an underground church than they're going on? Because we have, you know, been told by Bishop Snyder himself that where this is forbidden, it can't be. So you're under a kind of disobedience, but it's not really because you're ob- obeying a higher authority because this mass from time immemorial was allowed and it was reinforced by Pope Benedict XVI in Samorum Pontificum in 2007. He made it so that priests don't even have to request from their bishops the the ability to say this mass because it's available perpetually. How has that played out in your life to this date? What what goes on then with your parishioners or those who are with you for the mass? So those who come for the mass, I told them clearly, I have no right to take care of your soul. Go and request from the bishop the mass. As some of them actually did, and the bishops, sorry, the bishops and some of the parish, the, the priests, tell them, go away. You know, it's, it's, it's so like a jungle justice thing. And it's not professional. You know, they make, it look like, they make it look as if the mass is evil. You know, they make it as if the mass is evil. And these are just faithful, simple Catholic, very simple Catholic. They just want to receive their Lord the right way. And so it's, it's painful. So I decided to, to retire, not officially, just to be doing my mass privately. But the people kept on coming. I told the bishop, my Lord, I am not the one bringing these people. They came to me. And so I keep records of those who ask for the mass and the places. So currently we have about 15 chapels. 15 chapels in Benue State who have asked for this Mass. So we go to give them the Mass once in a while and we keep records of the activities we carry out with them for baptism and other sacraments. So we keep records. So the people want the spirituality. They want it. So I feel that they should be given. And it became so interesting when some young men approached me and said they would like to be trained for the traditional Catholic and and spirituality and priesthood. And guess what? What can I do? So currently we have them, 22 of them. We are faced with lots of hardship. That is to say, we live each day as it comes. And it it is interesting to see what Our Lady is doing. For me, it's Our Lady. It has to be her because she wanted these boys to be trained. And we have the ladies also who are also being trained. So currently we have the seminary and we have the convents. And all this was not planned. Three years ago, none of this was planned. But currently now, we are moving. The boys now, 18 of them are in philosophy one and five of them are in the spiritual year. They are running up by this month. Then the sisters, we have one of them professed, five of them, five of them are in the novitiate, then five are in the postulancy, and we have four in the aspirancy. And we have lots of invitation. People leaving the novus odo, 
seminary coming to come and join us. So currently it's amazing. It's amazing. And we are really, really, we, we, that's I'm happy speaking with you now. Let people come and see what is happening. These traditional Catholics, you know, are looking for the traditional Catholic spirituality and mass. So why should any bishop or the hierarchy of the church deprive them of this? When we got contact with Archbishop um, Carlo Vigano, Maria Vigano, he was so amazing. He was so, he was so amazed. We sent down our, uh, our invitation to him and we told him what is going on and he gave us this blessing. So as it is now, we just remain quiet, doing, our, doing the best we can do and still hoping that somebody will listen to us and come to our aid. Father, what do you do about the eventual need to ordain these, these men who are going through as seminarians? We leave that to Our Lady. Ours is to train them. When they get information, then we pray to her and she will know how to get a bishop to come and get them ordained. How did it work for your sister, the religious sister that was professed? Yes, we got a bishop. You know, I have to withhold his name for now for obvious reason, because of our tax, who did it for her, you know, clandestinely. So those things are done that way for now because there's a lot going on. We are like an endangered species. People are aware of us and even this show now, if it goes out, we, are, we don't know what's going to happen. They may come and attack us because the, 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 the CBCN, that's a Catholic Bishops Conference, they're already aware what I'm doing. They're already aware of this seminary, and there's there are there are lots of attack. You know what I'm talking about. I guess you know it. <laughs> lots of attack. Now, apart from spiritual attack, we have also physical attack. You know, I, there was a place I went to celebrate mass, and they brought the policemen with guns to come and ask me out of the place. And the woman said, "I brought a traditional Catholic priest." But you can once she calls it. That's our own understanding. Come and celebrate mass in my compound. So you cannot come and accost him. He's not coming to your parish to celebrate mass. He came to my house. And that's where the police left. The police was sent by the parish priest of that area. So we have all this attack going on, you know, and the bishops are aware what I'm doing, but they, 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 they are seeing us as, they tell the people that we are outside the church. But... When people come and they see what you are doing and it's Catholic and it's not really outside the church, they become confused. So many of them are asking the bishops that why can't they have this mass? Why can't they have a traditional seminary as the church have always wanted it in the past? So there's this battle going on. So most times when we want to get profession and ordinations by the grace of God, we go clandestinely looking for who can help us to get it done. But of course, not from the country. That's the outside the country. Where do you see this going? I mean, you've got now how many men uh, studying? You have said 19? 23 of them. Five of them in the spiritual year and 22, um, 18 of them in the philosophy one. Father, what else would you like to tell us about your, about your order, about what you're doing there? What we are doing is for Our Lady because she's behind it inspirationally. And um, we need, in a deep sense, we need to get these boys good Catholic literatures. Thank God of recent Tan books. Tan book sent some books to the sisters. It was so amazing. 
turned books, some books to the sisters. Then St. Philomena, St. Philomena's devotion, they sent some cord, cords, Rina cord and materials to the seminary. Then we have a lady who is helping us coordinate in America. I think she linked us to you. And this lady is doing her best to see how we can get sponsorship for the seminarians. Because many of them are from very poor homes, but they have a good heart. And uh, some of them are from very good Catholic families. So it is not, it's a, it's, it's a response to the crisis. It's a response to the crisis. So currently we need to have a place for them to study. Currently we are renting, we are renting the apartments and the deep, the, the deep states at the deep church are aware of activities. So we have to be careful. We have to own our own properties so that they can be trained properly, both for the sisters and for the brothers. And two other priests have come to join me in this. So one of them is taking care of the spiritual year program, while the other one is in the missions, opening more places as the people come to us. The people really want this, but unfortunately, they are poor because many of them have been ousted from their parish. For example, there was a place they called me to come and celebrate mass for them. The parish priest told them, let us see how you will get a priest to come to this typical village. This typical village to come and celebrate mass people. And here I am, I went. When I went, the parish priest told them that I am not a true priest. That if I was a true priest, how can a priest come and stay in a tash roof? Then I told them that Jesus Christ was giving birth to in a manger. So if he says I'm not a true priest, let him come and ask me. So it was so funny. And the people now got the message. And I submitted the mass for them. And now it's one of our biggest chapels. How can we help you? Come and see what we are doing. Come to Nigeria. Come and see what we are doing. I bet you, if you come, you will be in tears. You know, uh, the condition is, it's, it's, we just try to respond to the Catholic faith. Sometimes the food is not too wonderful, you know, but we just survive, you know, and you'd be surprised that I do most of the lectures, most of the lectures. I teach three courses every blessed day during the academic year. Three courses. And I take care of the sisters, celebrate mass every blessed day, sometimes celebrate mass twice in a day during the week. Twice in a day. I have spiritual conferences and I take care of the spiritual direction together with the other priests. And so it's, we're just working. But our lady is there. She's helping us out. I have to say our lady always because it can only be her. It cannot be her. She wants this. Because it is said that Africa is going to be the hope for the church. So I'm happy doing what I'm doing, and I know she's going to provide. So if you can come and see what we are doing and look for sponsors that will sponsor the seminarians and the sisters to become true Catholic priests, true Catholic priests, true Catholic nuns, as it was before the changes. I'll be the happiest person. I will die, I will die in peace. <laughs> 
Hello, friends. To celebrate the momentous overturning of Roe v. Wade, we at LifeSite have minted just under 10,000 of these brand new limited edition pro-life silver rounds. Now, each round is stamped with the image of the Supreme Court of the United States featuring the date that the High Court delivered this historic victory. And on the front of our pure silver rounds, LifeSite's logo surrounded by a brilliant sunburst and draped with olive branches. They, of course, commemorate our 25-year anniversary of LifeSite News. We began in 1997 in September, so September of 2022 was 25 years. These one ounce silver rounds are available from our partners at stjosephspartners.com where you can fulfill all of your silver and gold needs in this perilous time. May God bless you. Your impressions of the church living in Nigeria, you're seeing what's going on also here in the West because you read LifeSite News, but tell us what you think, where do you th see things going? Americans need to be courageous. They need to stand with people like you. And I mean, they need to be courageous. I'm sorry to say this, but I think American Catholics, I thought, I used to think they read a lot. But with this information they are getting about the deep church in the deep state, why are they not responding? Probably they are responding, but they should be convinced. They should stop being cowards. They should support you. They should support and Taylor Marshall, this is support. I mean, those of you who are pushing this thing forward because you have done a lot of expositions. You have exposed the current happenings in the church. The alphabet, they call them the alphabets now. They have taken almost, almost, almost everything. So I, 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 I look up to America as a blessing of hope for the Catholic faith. So American Catholics should be strong. They're on the right course. These people are anti-Christs. They are anti-Christ. They want Christ to be dethroned. They have uncrowned him, as Marcel Lefebvre said. So we cannot see that happening. In our country, it's almost happening. It's almost happening. So it's a battle. We are in a battle. The city of God and the city of Satan. So we need to take a decision now while there's still time. We need to join our lady in her army to bring about the restoration. So I want American Catholics to be strong and bring forth the true Catholic faith and morals to the people because that is the only thing that can save the people now. You know, I told my bishop when I was taking the decision that my soul is involved. So I tell every single person who comes to me that the soul is involved. And so we are fighting for the restoration of the soul. Christ has already paid the price. And so we, we are bound to ensure that that salvation is given to them. So we are, we, for us here, we are gingered up to see that we bring about the restoration of the soul. So Americans, should please support every traditional group and support LifeSite News to bring about the reality of the restoration of the soul. Because many souls are on their way to hell because there are no ones to pray for them, a lady of Fatima. Absolutely beautiful, Father Samuel. Any, any final words for us? Pray for us and tell the good woman up there in heaven that we are her children. We are children. And you know, I tell my friend, Cecilia Beverly, Alexander Clark, the one that linked us with you, I say to her that the soul is so godly that no soul should go to hell. We look forward to the triumph of the immaculate hearts.
and the reign of the sacred hearts in the hearts of men. It's going to happen. I am optimistic on this, and I know it's going to happen. So everyone who has opted for Christ at this particular era of general apostasy should not lose hope, should not lose hope. Uh, they, they call it in Latin, aluta continua, victoria asarte. The struggle continues and victory is certain because on Calvary, Christ said, consumatum est, it is finished. So we are on the winning side. We are on the winning side. Victory is certain. So forward ever to heaven, backward never to hell. We shall have our victory. The immaculate heart will triumph and the sacred heart will reign. That is why we are dedicated to the immaculate heart and the sacred heart. And that's why, Father, we will be supporting you. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you very much. God bless you, Father. Benedicat, works on the term Nipotence Deus, Pater et Fili, Esprit Amen. God bless you, Father. And so if you'd like to support Father Samuel and the great work that he's doing there to bring the traditional Mass to Nigeria, and please pray for him. There's also a Life Funder set up for him at lifefunder.com. You'll see that, and it's in the link below. May God bless you. Hi, everyone. This is John Henry Weston. We hope you enjoyed this program. To see more like it, be sure to hit the subscribe button below to get all the latest content from LifeSite News. Check the links in the description to read more and connect with us on social media so that you can stay up to date with all the latest life, family, faith, and freedom news. Thanks for watching, and may God bless you.